Joining me on the show today is star of the current Australian tour of Dirty Dancing, the classic story, live on stage, Kurt Phelan. We talk about his musical theatre career and his current show. All that and more on today's Benjamin Man McKay's Talk To Me. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Benjamin Mayer McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host, Benjamin, and firstly, I do want to apologise for not getting two podcasts out last month. Unfortunately, time just ran away with us and we found ourselves in September. So, uh, two this month and two for uh, all the months to come, and I, uh, I do, again, apologise uh, for not having two podcasts last month. Now, as I said, joining me on the show today is Kurt Phelan. Kurt is currently playing the lead in the Australian tour of Dirty Dancing, the classic story live on stage. Now, uh, we talk about that project and his many other musical theatre endeavours and his training. It's a wonderful chat, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me today. Pleasure. So what inspired you to become a performer? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I probably had no choice in the matter, I think. If I um, if there was something else I wanted to do, I, I probably would be doing it because it's not, it's not the easiest life, but um, I had extremely supportive parents um, who, you know, would have supported me if I wanted to be a fireman, I suppose. Um, and I do have an uncle who is a professional actor and um, has done quite a lot of TV and, and a lot of stage stuff. Um, he was in a very famous production recently. He won a Hotman Award for um, called The Wild Dark, which was done at Belvoir Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so watching him as I grew up, I kind of, I kind of did have the upper hand, um, realizing that I could do it for a living. I suppose. Mm. And obviously, you had a lot of support, as you mentioned. So, can you take us through your career journey and all your training? Yeah. Well. I mean, as far as growing up, I grew up in far north Queensland, so it wasn't the most conducive, <laughs> the most conducive um, environment to want to be um, a boy who sang and danced and act, acted. Um, but I did a lot of my training up there, just with just with dancing schools and a singing teacher and all of that. And um, Drew Anthony, who is basically David Atkins' right-hand man, he did a tap uh, masterclass when I was when I was probably about sixteen, and he said to me, "What do you want to do?" And I said, oh, "I I really want to do uh, you know get into theatre." And he said, "Well, okay, so when you finish high school, you you can't stay in towns. Well, you need to go down to Sydney." So. I went down to Sydney and I actually started a diploma course at Brent Street. They used to have a musical theatre course as part of their full time. And um, I got a little way into that and then uh, was trained by amazing people like Kelly Abbey and um, David Atkins taught us and Dean Perry. Uh, And then I um, got into my first musical, which was Singing in the Rain. So that was pretty great to kind of straight away get get into it. And um, from there, I did a swag of musicals. I did. I worked for Cameron Mackintosh. I did Witches of Eastwick. Uh, then that was a brilliant show, but 
no one came to see it, so, <laughs> so we closed early. Um, and I found myself working in America for Disney, and I worked with Disney for a year and a half, and I was on the cruise ship for a bit, and then I um, ended up in the parks, and I playing Prince Charming, which was fun. <laughs> <laughs> And um, being a slave to Mickey Mouse, which is also pretty eye-opening to do at 21. Um, and then I lived in New York for about four or five months, and I was just doing little gigs here and there because I wasn't a resident and working in a bar. And I got a phone call from uh, David Atkins again because they were doing Saturday Night Fever. And then I came home and um, joined that cast and... Then went on from that, I did Rant, um, I played Mark in Rant, which I love doing, and then got into, I started doing the development of a new musical called Priscilla Queen of the Desert, and um, I ended up doing that show for two years, and while I was doing that, I kind of, I kind of got to the point where I was not very challenged anymore, and I was a little bit bored with what I was doing, and... Um, I call it my quarter-life crisis because I was 25 and I was thinking, you know, is this all there is? And um, rather than walk away from everything, I decided that I'd take myself back to uni. And I then I auditioned for NIDA, the acting course, and I went to NIDA and did three-year acting course, which is which was just amazing. You know, it's extremely hard and difficult, but also... Also, as well, it teaches you so much about everything that, that you do. Like, I thought I was going there for an acting course, but I learned how to write and I learned how to do dramaturgy and, and that's where I started to choreograph um, heaps of shows and I've met uh, a group of theatre makers that I now make heaps of stuff with. We've done been invited to do two plays at... Melbourne Theatre Company and just recently did Boys Will Be Boys with Daniel McCormack at um, Sydney Theatre Company. So yeah, it was kind of it was kind of a great journey and a great uh, thing to do for me just to broaden my horizons. Mm. Um, and so after I graduated, I've you know I've done a few things here and there, and um, but mostly been doing independent theatre. And I kind of forgot about my love for musicals. Until Dirty Dancing came along, and it was a bit of a surprise, actually. I was called up at the last minute and asked to come in and audition. I think I had two hours' notice to come in and read for the role. And, um, yeah, went in with the script in my hand and gave them my best Patrick Swayze. (laughs) And, um, yeah, the rest is history, as they say. Yeah, you've certainly had a busy few years. Indeed. Well, you mentioned you, you pretty much went straight into singing in the rain. Did the training you'd done prior to that prepare you for the practicality of doing a musical every night? Um, I think what prepared me for doing a musical every night was my eagerness. I was 18 and I, from the age of three, the first first time I saw Singing in the Rain and saw Gene Kelly, I told my mum that I'm going to be doing that one day. Um, and so I think, I mean, I made a lot of mistakes <laughs> in that first musical, uh, but I also had a very supportive group of people around me that have re- that realised that I was 18 and 
um, I was keen and eager and I was just so excited to actually be there, you know. So I think that, um, in essence, is what kind of prepared me. But definitely, um, I would say definitely, you know, like going to classes and, and dancing and singing for all of my life, um, you know, it wasn't something new to me. So I was, I'd done heaps of amateur musicals up in Townsville and, that really does prepare you. you. You know what to do and you know um, how to achieve it. It's just that now you're getting paid to do it and you have to be very professional. So, yeah, learning on the job is great, but it's also, you know, you need a, a forgiving lot of people around you uh, so you can make mistakes safely. Mm. So you talked about your love of musical theatre. What appeals to you about it? Mm. I don't know exactly what appeals to me about it. I mean, it's one of my first loves. It's, it's you know, now now I really, really, like more and more increasingly, I do love doing Shakespeare and I do love doing, um, you know, straight plays and film and TV, but I think that comes from understanding it better. So before I didn't like that stuff because I didn't understand it. Um, and I think with musical theatre inherently growing up, watching movie musicals I always understood the genre and I always understood the kind of elation it brings I mean there's a great um there's a great kind of analogy with musical theater that you act until you can't express anymore through acting and then you break into song <laughs> and when you can't express through song anymore then you break into dance and I think that that is at the crux of what I love about it you know because I do that as a human being <laughs> if you're lucky enough to be close to me and in my group of friends quite often you get um quite often you'll get a video or a sound clip sent to you of me just singing a song about something just making up some you know like I for example, I planted a chili bush, and the first chili that came out, I just made up the song. I was, it was so stupid, and I sent it to my <laughs> friends. <laughs> but yeah, I'm that type of guy, you know. Um, I don't think anyone. I mean, yes, we should all grow up, and we should all get older and get more responsibilities. But I really love keeping in touch with that inner child, and that's what musicals do for people. They help you escape from everything. They certainly do. Now, I know this will be a very, very difficult question for you, but do you have a favourite musical? <sighs> yes. No. No and yes. So, um, I want to play Bobby Childs in Crazy For You before I die. Like, that is a big thing I've always wanted to do. Um even though it probably won't happen because Crazy Few's not going to come back to Australia, I don't think. <laughs> um, Singing in the Rain is a big favourite of mine um, and I would have loved to have played Don Lockwood, um, but Adam Garcia is just a little bit more famous than I am. <laughs> um, look, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to say. Favourite musical, you know? Um I could probably watch and do Rent forever because I think I saw, I was over doing the Edinburgh Festival with the Contemporary Dance Company I was a part of and I went to London and I saw um, 
the original cast. Some of them were from the original cast of Broadway on the West End. And that was, I was probably about seven to 16, I think. And that was the first time that I saw a musical that was new and modern and broke the mold. And it really blew my mind. And I think that that is, it has a very special place in my heart. Yeah. I think, I think it would probably be Rent. I have to agree with you. That's also my favorite musical. Um, so good choice. I mean, it's extremely dated and, but also it's, um, you know, it's become a period piece. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But they never thought that would happen. I know. <laughs> so what would you say are the challenges of performing in a musical? Uh, the biggest challenge would be doing it eight times a week. Um, and, I mean, as a lead role, trying to keep it fresh. Mm. But also trying to give the audience the exact same experience. Um, you know, in a play, in a play sometimes... Uh, the director doesn't want you to recite lines the same and, and plays are very different um, every night you see them, um, depending on pace or intention or whatever. But a musical has a musical has um, very exact lighting cues and sound cues and there's sometimes a click track you've got to keep in time with and, um, you know, if it is a show like Wicked or Dirty Dancing or something, it's... A, it looks exactly the same all around the world. So you have to kind of keep that in check as well. It does, it is a great thing to perform for so many people, but it also is really um, like the public kind of persona of of a musical does get really hard. Um, In essence, you have to kind of, um, you have to make a lot of, make a lot of allowances, you know, there's, it's not a very, um, uh, it's hard to say, I don't want to say artistic because it is artistic, but um, you do have to keep the show looking like it did in New York or like it did in, um, you know, if you, in the West End, if Mm. you're feeling like you want to be a bit different one night, you can't actually do that. So yeah, that's, that's, some of the challenges, I think. Mm. Now, Dirty Dancing is obviously a very popular and iconic movie, but the musical's, I suppose, a little bit less well-known, even after it's been around for, what, 11 years. So how would you describe the musical to someone who's never heard of it before? Yeah, right. Well, Eleanor, the writer, is really intent on, on explaining to people that it is the classic story on stage, and she didn't want to write a musical because she didn't want to change in essence what the original um you know the original film was because she didn't think that the lead should sing she doesn't want to see johnny castle sing and she doesn't want to you know all these things so um it is definitely shot for shot the film on stage and then you get a few extra little things added in. Um, obviously, the soundtrack is live, um, and obviously we have to change clothes, and you can't jump from one scene to another. So there's a few little scenes that have been added because simple simple facts that Kirby and I have to have to change get dressed, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like I attribute it to when you're a kid 
and you love Santa Claus forever, and then you finally go and you meet Santa Claus at Christmas and you get to sit on his lap and get a photo taken, that's what Dirty Dancing on stage is. You've loved this film forever, and then you finally get to go and see it live, and it's all... The sound is live and we're there and we're sweating and we're grunting and we're kissing and going through the motions. And, um, yeah, it's just it's just in 3D, in 4D even. <laughs> so fans of the movie will absolutely love this then. 100%, yeah. And we're getting a lot of people that haven't seen it that come along and there are some parts of the film they might be a bit confused about because they haven't seen the film. But... Um, they just love it just as much, you know, mm. and they're quite surprised at how much they actually do know, even though they haven't seen the film. Mm. So what's been the rehearsal process like for this musical? Well, we had... Um, I feel like I started rehearsals a long time before we actually started the show because I got the job and I was under contract with ASICS. I did a very big, um, one of their global campaigns. And at that time, I was doing heaps of, I was doing heaps of long distance running. So I was the skinniest man on the face of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they, I got the job, and they request, they wanted me to get bigger. Requested me to, um, you know, buff up. So I. I knew for about ten weeks before we started rehearsals, and I put on about I put on about fifteen kilos in that space of time with the trainer. Um, and then we started rehearsals, and it was five weeks with one week of um, with one week of tech. Yeah, so it was six weeks altogether. Um, and basically, we just started going through the show from the top to the bottom. And in the morning, we would learn the dance routines and in the afternoon we'd do scenes and little by little we kind of had act one done and then we ran it and then we had act two done and we ran it and the first time we ever did a run through in the in the rehearsal room um john frost arrived and we were kirby and i were like we haven't ever done a run through and here's one of the biggest producers in musical theatre. <laughs> no pressure. In the world. Just coming in, hey guys, how are you? I'm just here to pop in. We're like, no, not today, not today. <laughs> um, but he was he was so supportive and everyone's just been so supportive of us. It's, it's really great. And mm. so we got to the fourth week, which was, or the, and no, the end of the fifth week, which was our finish in rehearsal room, in the rehearsal room. And James Powell, our, the, director of the production um he arrived and so before that we had his associate casey uh rt graham who was from um new york and michelle lynch a choreographer um our associate choreographer there and then he arrived and he went basically took what we'd done and just finally brush-stroked everything into place. Um, and we had him there for a day. And then we went into the theatre and that was it. From then on, we we just teched through the show and walked through it slowly. And um, before we knew it, we were doing it in front of an audience. It was kind of a whirlwind mm-hmm. um, rehearsal process, yeah. I mean, you've been to a couple of states by now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, Adelaide will be our final state. Mm. And we go, we've been to all of them. 
So, do you get a, a rehearsal on the stage before opening in, in each state, just so you get a feel of the theatre? Um, it's look, yeah, we do, but it's not necessarily for us. It's more for the local crew. So, we all our touring company is um, all of us in the cast, and then each head of department to us. So, in each new venue, they are picking up a whole lot of local crew. So, the local crew have to learn the show, and what they do is when they set up because um, this production is designed to be pulled down and set up quite quickly. Um, they will take it to the next city and then do a thing they call a dry tech, which is basically taking the show and running through it without us. And that's when they refocus all the lights and get everything ready. Um, and then it's usually maybe two or three days after that, then they keep taking that way and then we meet them and um, we, we do it on stage. Obviously... You know, the more we do it, the less um, the, the less time it takes. In Perth, we have we take the show in two days, and then uh, we did a run that second day at night, and then we had an audience the next morning. So, um, yeah, it's pretty quick, pretty quick turnaround. Mm, certainly is. So, how do you prepare before each show? Well, it's kind of it kind of changes depending on what. If, I mean, if we've got an understudy on, I have to go and do a few dance routines and work out the lips and all of that because there's a lot of dancing in the show. Um, but usually I hang out with Kirby for a bit and have a chat with her and just see, just touch base to see how she is and how I am and what's happening because we're about to spend the next two hours basically living in each other's pockets. Um, then I... I do my warm-up, I, I, I sneak away into my room and, and do a fair bit of, you know, um, warm-up stuff. Every day I'm at the gym, so I've usually done some kind of weights and warm-up during the day. Um, and then I make myself a coffee and I go and get my hair done. Fran, who's a good Adelaide girl, Fran um, fixes me up with the, the Johnny Quiff. And then after that, I get into my mic, um, and that's usually that usually takes me up to the five minute call, and then it's a sound check, and I go back to my room, and the show starts. I, I'm not on for the first six or seven minutes, so it's kind of good I get to relax into the beginning of the show. Mm. Now I'm yet to see the show, but I'm I'm sure there are some fairly complicated dance routines you have to deal with. Have these gotten easier by now, or are they still just as complicated as they were? Uh, yeah, look, the stamina, the stamina has gotten better. I don't sweat as much and I'm a little more, a little calmer with the dance routines, but I've danced for 30 years this year and I've never had to do choreography this difficult, especially the partner work. The stuff that I do with the character that plays Penny, so uh, Maddie Peak, the stuff that we do together, it's it's borderline insane. <laughs> and, and we're in it together, though, you know. Some nights, you know, she'll say to me, oh, I'm so tired, or, you know, I'm like, oh, my arms hurt. And we, But we've got each other to kind of feed off. Um, but it's always trouble-solving, so uh, troubleshooting. If something goes wrong, you've got to fix it, you know, and there's lots of stuff. And believe it or not, the lift, the, uh, the lift 
isn't actually the hardest lift that we do in the show. Um, but even though your stamina gets better, nothing can prepare you for the finale, which is basically seven minutes of me dancing. I do the <laughs> first time in my life dance with with baby with Kirby and then I do my solo and then I do the walk down and then I lift her and yeah and that's only about halfway through so it's a it's an epic dance routine I yeah I've got I lose about seven kilos from Tuesday through to Sunday every week and I end up quite skinny and then I have to I have to be really good with my nutrition just so I've got enough energy to get through the week. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean you were saying you were looking for a challenge at the start of the show. I think you've certainly found it. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, finally, what advice would you offer to anyone looking to work in the performing arts? Run as fast as you can. No, <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Um, I I would just tell them to just work as hard as work as hard as they can and and see every opportunity as a possible avenue you know if you're true to yourself and you make yourself as good as you possibly can with with all the talents you're given and and really work hard and and be open to possibilities you never know what can come your way um, there's there's some choices you feel like you have to make um, at the time and they won't pay off for, for years you know I took myself back to to NIDA and, and did an acting degree and graduated and I thought maybe I would graduate and the world would be my oyster and you know apart from all of my independent work I did spend three or four years without going in for any musicals and I was missing out on these jobs and I was kind of confused as to why and then Dirty Dancing comes along, you know, and, and I finally get to play the lead role. So there's a reason why if you stay true to yourself and you and you follow your convictions, I think things do eventually turn out. Um, but yeah, I I would just I love I love encouraging a new generation of up and comers because that was me one day, you know. Mm. It's um, it's a. I love to encourage a new generation of theatre, um, and and theatre makers especially, um, because there are a lot of times when we're not necessarily working or in a big show, and I think you can take a lot out of what happens during those times rather than sitting on the couch and waiting for a phone call. Like write a cabaret show or find a space and create a a play with friends even if it's bad you're going to learn about those things you know um it's it's always good to keep your mind active and and keep pursuing your abilities in your career mm. well thank you very much for your wise words of advice and all the best for the rest of the dirty dancing season thank you very much that was my chat with kurt Phelan. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing the Dirty Dancing Tour when it hits Adelaide next month. I will have a review for it on the 1st October podcast. Now, since our last podcast, I've had the chance to check out three new films. The first one is We Are Your Friends. Now, this is an utter abomination. It's lacking in story, in acting. It's, it's honestly one of the worst films I've ever seen. And I gave that one zero stars. It's just, it's just terrible. And I saw that thanks to Picture This uh, publicity. 
Now, the next film I saw, thanks to Palace Nova Cinema, was The Gift, and it's a thoroughly chilling new thriller from Australian director, writer, and actor Joel Edgerington. Now, uh, Jason Bateman takes on a serious role. He's very good. It's it's very scary. I uh, I certainly jumped through the ceiling quite a few times, but I do uh, I do encourage you to check out this new Australian thriller. And the other film I saw, thanks to Palace Nova Cinemas, was Ricky and the Flash. Now, Meryl Streep's latest cinematic adventure is very enjoyable. It has some great music, and I wasn't expecting too much from it, uh, but it certainly delivers, and the trailers do look a little bit uh, rubbish, but the film I show you is fantastic. It's a very enjoyable film. And uh, between in the last six or so days, I haven't had any new content to review from Roadshow or Madman, but I'll be back at the end of the month with some more reviews, thanks to those two wonderful supporters. And of course, don't forget to check out all our supporters, Palace Nova Cinemas, Madman Entertainment, Mad Zombie Collectibles, and Roadshow Entertainment. We'll be back later this month with another brand new interview. I've been your host, Benjamin Mayer McKay. See you then. (laughs) 